This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. You're listening to Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Lord be with you, and also with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. When Jesus, when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named uh, Jairus came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him, and a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for twelve years. She had uh, endured much under she had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, for she said, If I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. 
Immediately, her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware the power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd passing in on you, pressing in on you. Uh, how can you say, Who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. At this they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. The true gospel of the Lord. Praise the Lord, the word, the light. Okay, be seated, please. Say good afternoon to you. In last week's gospel, we saw Jesus quiet a furious storm on the Sea of Galilee. The disciples were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey his voice? It is the question everyone must answer. When Mark wrote about the life history of Jesus, he had one purpose in mind, to authenticate the claims of Jesus as the long-awaited Messiah, Messiah of Israel. Each of the miracles in Mark proved Jesus to be not only the Messiah, but Lord of all. As Lord of creation, he quiets the storm. Eugene Peterson wrote, Jesus spoke and the wind ran out of breath, and the sea became smooth as glass. He is Lord over sickness and even death. The woman who simply touched his garment for healing was healed of her medical condition. Jesus then raised from the dead the daughter of Jairus. It is helpful to recall that in each of these cases, the individuals were completely helpless and hopeless. There were no specialized hospitals like we have today, no insurance to help with the cost of medical care. The knowledge of physicians in the first century was incapable of helping them. The storm on the lake terrified experienced sailors. The woman had been seeing doctors for 12 years with only a worsening condition, and the young girl was no longer ailing, but dead. In the most hopeless cases, when Jesus is present, there was healing, deliverance, and salvation. Not only does Mark demonstrate the power of our Lord Jesus, but he also reveals his person. What we see in these passages is not just that God is a God of infinite power, but that he is a God of infinite compassion and tenderness when your world crashes in on you. He is deeply touched by human needs. He is sensitive to our sufferings and trials in life. Jairus was an official of the synagogue. He was a man of influence and prestige, but when he came to Jesus, he did so as a desperate father, seeking to spare the life 
of his critically ill child. Jesus was not present at what seemed to be the ideal time to deal with the illness of this child. He had crossed over the Sea of Galilee and had not yet returned. Jairus, knowing that Jesus could have healed his daughter, must have been wringing his hands and heart in worry. Jesus could help. He was not present. When is he coming back? Did he drown in the storm? Now that Jesus is back in Capernaum, Jerry is standing on the dock, but there's another very large crowd. He must quickly find Jesus and ask for his healing touch. Time was critical. An unnamed illness struck down the apple of his eye. Time, time, every minute was critical, and the only one who could help was just arriving. His daughter's fever was high, her breathing shallow. The symptoms would not disappear. With each passing hour, her health deteriorated. Doctors were called, but nothing could be done. You know, life doesn't always follow our roadmap. We long for level highways, and life offers hairpin turns and detours for road construction. We desire happiness, but sorrow comes our way. Jarius was no different. He finds Jesus in the crowd. My little daughter is dying. Please come and place your hands on her so, so she'll be healed. And the Gospel of Mark records, so Jesus went with him. On the way, they were interrupted. He's interrupted by another who needs healing. Time. Time. Every minute was critical, and the only one who could help was interrupted. The nature of this woman's illness fell under the stipulations of Leviticus 15. She would have to be pronounced unclean. As such, she had been an outcast for 12 years. She could not take part in any religious observances, nor could she have any public contact without defiling, uh, defiling those whom she touched. She was also forced to be uh, separated from her husband. And last of all, this poor woman has lost all of her financial resources. Mark tells us that she had spent all of her money on doctor bills with no relief, indeed with added affliction. And in those days, there was no such thing as a malpractice suit. This unnamed woman, like Jairus, had heard that Jesus was back in Capernaum, and she set out to find, her, uh, find relief through his power. Jairus was a prominent, wealthy, respected man, while the woman lived in poverty, a virtual exile from her own family. The man came, from, came publicly with, with concern for his daughter. The woman slid secretly, cautiously through the crowd. Conditioned, no doubt, by her long-term rejection and isolation, she dared not approach Jesus to ask for a miracle. Her physical contact would defile all that she touched. The best she could hope for was a, a secret healing. But I only need to touch the hem of his garment, she said. Scripture records no talk of insurance policies, or no scheduling of an appointment. Mark writes, Jesus went with him. The distance was short. The crowd was close. Progress, a snail's pace. How impatient that father's heart must have been. Hurry, hurry, hurry. He would have whispered to himself. The clock was ticking. Every moment was important. The disciples were there to keep the crowds from crushing Jesus like bodyguards. Almost imperceptibly, a hand reached out and touched the robe of Jesus. The Savior stopped, looked around and said, Who touched me? His question seemed foolish to the disciples. Jesus was not put off. He wanted to know. He, he waited. He watched. And finally, a lady came forward and confessed she had been the one. Jesus had been her last hope, her only hope. To be healed is why she touched him. Now she was. And Jesus gave his blessing. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.
In that moment, Jairus' world came crashing down. He saw his servants coming with tears in their eyes. He knew. Your daughter has died, they said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. The teacher? Is that all that Jesus is? You see, that is the very question before you today as well. He just hushed the raging storm. He has cast out demons in Jairus' own synagogue. No, he's not just a teacher. He is more. But is he God? Can he bring the dead back to life? Jesus ignored the words of the servants and spoke encouragingly to Jairus. Do not be afraid any longer. Only believe. Leaving the crowd with all of his disciples, with the three, Peter, James, and John, Jesus continued to the home of the deceased daughter. Outside the home, the commotion of a typical Near Eastern funeral had already begun. All of this carrying on was unnecessary. Jesus informed the mourners, for the girl was asleep. She, Jesus knew that death is not a permanent state, but a, a temporary one. Death could not claim this girl, for the Prince of Life was present. Thinking our Lord to be either naive or completely self-deceived, the professional mourners mocked and ridiculed him by their laughter. They knew death when they saw it. Such unbelief will never witness the power of God. And so these people were put outside. Death is always a sensitive subject. But there were those times when death was not and is not welcome. When its arrival was not wanted. As many of you know, I lost my, my best friend and neighbor in 1985 in a car accident. We were as close as brothers. There are so many things we mortals know we should not say, cannot say when death comes calling. But none of us would dare speak these words, which are recorded in verse 41 of Mark 5. Two words. Talitha kumi. Let me say them just one more time. Talitha kumi. Death has its own agenda and timeline. It possesses both young and old, cherished and abandoned, wise and foolish, good and bad, it doesn't pick and choose. It doesn't care about age, race, gender, political persuasions, and it can strike down, it can strike without warning. Death comes because we live in a broken world. The Apostle Paul wrote, the wages of sin is death. But thanks be to God for the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Here's the reality. The wages of sin is death for everyone. But not everyone knows that God has offered eternal life as a free gift by the faith in Jesus. That's why you and I need to tell his story. And several years ago, maybe a decade now, or more now, a teacher was working at a children's hospital. She received a call to visit a boy who was in a burn unit. His regular teacher had called her with a request. We're studying nouns and adverbs in class. I'd be grateful if you could help him with his homework so he doesn't fall too far behind his classmates. The teacher went, it was her job. She wasn't prepared for what she found. The boy was in a clean room, bandaged and in pain. She said softly, I'm the hospital teacher. Mrs. Barnes, your teacher at school, asked me to help you with your nouns and adverbs. And the next day, a nurse asked the substitute teacher, what did you do to that boy? And before the teacher could offer her apologies for being uncomfortable and un unprepared, the nurse continued, we were worried about him, but ever since you saw him yesterday, his entire outlook has changed. For the first time since he came here, he's actually fighting. He's responding. He's, he's got a new lease on life. What happened? Well, the boy eventually shared that he had given up. He felt hopeless and helpless. 
But when he thought about the teacher who had come to see him, he realized hey, the school would not waste its money, time, and concern sending a teacher to work on nouns and adverbs with a dying boy, would they? You and I, like Jarius, like the unnamed woman, we are hopeless and helpless in regards to our eternal destination. We cannot claim, climb, we cannot climb the ladder of good works fast enough. Just at the right time, Paul writes, when we were powerless to save ourselves from the storms of life, Jesus came. He came to Bethlehem. He came to offer his unstained, sinless life as a perfect sacrifice for you and me so that God, the righteous judge of the universe, would forever see us as pure, holy, without blemish, because of our faith in Jesus. He died in our place. God demonstrated his love for us that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. And with those words, Jairus had hope that they walked to his, and they walked to, as they walked to his home. Upon arrival, Jesus brushed aside the professional mourners, ignored their laughter, and brought a few people to the side of the girl's deathbed. He said, little girl, get up. And she did. Whatever bad situation you find yourself in today, do not doubt. Believe. There are no helpless situations for Jesus who has power over death. That is the point of Easter. Jesus rose from the grave and death. For just as we have flesh and blood, so Jesus also shared in our humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. I always enjoyed the stories of Paul Harvey. For those of you who are old enough to remember, do you want to know the rest of the story? Did the girl's parents become Jewish Christians? What changes were made in the synagogue's weekly worship? Did she get married? Did she have children of her own? Did they become Christians, followers of the way? What we do know is that Luke personally interviewed either Jarius, his wife, or their daughter years later. And Luke begins his gospel with these words. Since many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as those who were eyewitnesses from the beginning and ministers of the word who have handed them down to us, I too have decided after investigating everything accurately anew, to write it down in an orderly sequence for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may realize the certainty of the teachings you have received. What else do we need to know? Eventually, Jarius, his wife, his daughter, their grandchildren all died. It's true. So what's the point of their story? John tells us clearly why Mark tells these stories about Jesus. These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing in him, you may have life in his name. What we see in these passages is not that God is a God of infinite power, but that he's a God of infinite compassion and tenderness when your world comes crashing in on you. He is deeply touched by human needs. He is sensitive to our sufferings and trials in life. Why bother? My goodness. It's about forgiveness. It is about a God of infinite compassion. It's about eternity. 
Jesus said, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would, not, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go away, I will come back to take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. And so I return to the question the disciples asked on a quiet lake after a storm. What kind of man is this? That even the wind and the waves obey his voice. That is the question everyone must answer as well. Amen. God of mercy and healing, you who hear the cries of those in need, receive these petitions of your people that all who are troubled may know peace, comfort, and courage for the church, that we who are made in the image of God may celebrate God's gift of life to us and live it with gratitude and zeal. We pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. For growth in our faith, that God will draw us into a deeper relationship, help us to trust in challenging times and free us from fear. We pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. For the grace of generosity, that inspired by Christ who became one with us, God will free our hearts to share with those who are struggling so that they may experience God's blessing. We pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. For all who are incapacitated by age, disability, mental illness, or illiteracy, that they may be respected as persons and receive the food, shelter, and medical care they need. We pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. For the members of Congress, that God will open them to finding ways to work together in developing programs that address the greatest needs in society and the advancement of the common good. We pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. For all who are unemployed, that God will raise their hopes, open new opportunities for them, and relieve their discouragement. We pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. For all who are working to end the COVID pandemic, that God will guide and protect all who are manufacturing, distributing, or administering the vaccine and help them to preserve, to persevere uh, through difficult challenges. We pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. For all who are ill, that God will heal them in body, mind, and spirit, restore them so they can be a blessing to others and share fully in the life of the community. We pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. For all who have died, that their souls be at peace in his eternal embrace, and that those left behind will receive the blessing of our Father's presence to comfort them. We pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. We read you our personal intercessions in the silence of our thoughts. We pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer for peace that God will guide leaders of nations in promoting agricultural and economic development so that everyone may have food and opportunities to use their gifts. We pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. Life-giving God, heal our lives, that we may acknowledge your wonderful deeds and offer you thanks from generation to generation through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. All right, time for everybody's favorite part of the service. It's the announcements, okay? Let's do the announcements right now. First of all, you know, you can make a difference. Nobody here at this church takes a salary. Not me, not any of the volunteers here. Nobody here takes a salary. We're all volunteer. Um, and we need your help. Uh, in order to keep us going, we, we, we rely on tithing. and We rely on donations from, from uh, people just like you. Uh, and if you could find it in your heart to help us out with anything at all, a dime, a penny, a nickel, a dollar, um, please consider donating to Dallas Universal Life Church. If you believe in our message, if you like where we're going, if you like the way we're doing things, if you can see the love that we have, please consider donating. Just go to DallasULC.com and click on giving. 
um, we would really appreciate it. We'd, we'd like to keep our doors open, and uh, it's been a rough year. So please, if you can, help us out. Now, I do get people that say, you know, Bishop, I, I want to help. I'm broke. Hey, you know what? I'm right there with you, man. I'm broke, too. It has been a rough year. Well, what you can do is you can volunteer, and we could always use you here. All you have to do is go to www.dallasvlc.com and click on Volunteer. All of the information is there you need uh, to how to contact us. Come on down and volunteer with us. Uh, you can, you know, even if you're new, it's a great way to meet new people and to, and to get involved with the church and you don't feel quite so uncomfortable when you come to Sunday, uh, Sunday church. Uh, you know, you, you kind of see some familiar faces. So www.dallasvlc.com and just click on volunteer. Pray at DallasULC.com. Pray at DallasULC.com. Um, these are our prayer requests. For prayer, for prayer requests, it's an email address. You can choose to remain anonymous or give us your name. Uh, you can ask that your prayers be said uh, during our daily prayers here at the church. We do pray every day here at Dallas Universal Life Church. Or you can ask that your prayers be said on the Sunday service uh, with the prayers of intercession with everybody else. Of course, you can also remain anonymous there as well. Uh, simply send us an email. Pray at DallasULC.com with your prayer requests. We'll be glad to take care of those for you. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. If you have one of those, you need one of these. Feedback at DallasVLC.com. That's that email address. Feedback at DallasVLC.com. Just simply email us with a compliment, concern, suggestion, complaint. We'll take care of it. Very important. Do you know we have a podcast? We do. We have a podcast. Um... If you haven't checked it out yet, you really should. Uh, I say it every week. You get something different listening to the podcast than you do uh, being here in service or, or listening on, or watching on YouTube. You, you can, and you can do it anytime. You can do it while you're driving to work. You can do it while you're riding on the bus. You can do it while you're laying down taking a nap. Whatever it is, check out our podcast. It's really pretty cool. Now, how do you do that, Bishop? Well, it's very simple. You just go to your path with Bishop Mark. Excuse me, your path with Bishop Mark. Your path with Bishop Mark. You just go to your favorite. A search provider, Google, MSN, whatever it is you're using, and type in your path with Bishop Mark. Now, if you don't want to go that way, you can go check out these providers who also, uh, through their apps, have us on online, and that would be Anchor, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Castbox, Breaker, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Podbean, and TuneIn. I think I got all of them there. Okay. All right, check out our podcast, guys. It's really quite cool. I mean, really. If you haven't done it, do it. Please. Okay, guess what? Next weekend is July 4th already. We're already to July 4th. I can't believe it. So um, we don't get Sundays. Uh, July 4th is not a Sunday every year, obviously. So I kind of thought we'd do something a little special this year, and, and I'm hosting a, uh, a 4th of July barbecue after service next Sunday. So... It's a good time to come to service. Come on to service and um, have some barbecue with us uh, immediately after service on July 4th, which is next Sunday. Okay? Seems like a long time, doesn't it? 
about 20 seconds. That's how long it takes for you to wash your hands and it do any good. You soap and water and wash and lather and keep it going for those 20 seconds. As long as that song was going, that's how long you need to be doing it to get your hands clean. Why am I saying this? I honestly believe that if everybody would just be a little more hygienically aware of themselves, that this coronavirus thing would have been nipped in the bud long ago. Start being responsible for your own germs. Be responsible for what you're touching. Be responsible for what you're touching your face with and yourself with and other people with. And I think that we would be much a, health, a much healthier world that way. Okay? Please wash your hands. Please. It's the least you can do. Okay? And that's going to do it, folks, for our announcements today. Not too bad. Okay. Okay.